0: Good morning, good people. My name is Nikki, and I'm your host of the Black Girl Budget Podcast. The Black Girl Budget Podcast has an international audience with listeners from Romania, Ireland, and Germany, to name a few. Welcome to Season 4, where I'm teaching you how to recognize and avoid pyramid schemes, romance scams, predatory lending practices, and so much more. With nearly 37,000 downloads on the podcast, the Black Girl Budget community is growing, and I'm glad you're here. Happy Saturday, everyone. Good morning. Good morning. I had a really good workout this morning. If you caught my Instagram stories, then you already know, like, I'm feeling really good. And I'm not going to lie. Since I have been consistently working out over the last few weeks, I have seen a surge in my energy. So if you are feeling like I'm always tired or you just don't have energy, I shouldn't say tired because I took a mean nap yesterday. (laughs) It was crazy but if you feel like you just don't have energy i don't i don't care about anything else like just start moving your body i was originally going for walks so i just started walking nothing crazy and then eventually i was like oh i think i could run from here to that stop sign and i did so as i've been building on that i found myself to be a lot more energetic um, now that's great for me. My partner is kind of like, hey, when can we turn this button off? <laughs> but but I, I feel really good after my workouts. During my workouts, not so much. But if you are someone who's like, I just don't have the energy, consider just walking You know, for a little bit every day. Maybe just walk for like a mile. Get you some fresh air. Some sunshine and just enjoy the beautiful day, um, and you'll you'll probably have as much energy as I do, if not more. Which could be a good thing, could be a bad thing. Um, so let's let's talk about uh, some things that's going on with Black Girl Budget. As you guys know, the newsletter went out on September 1st, and it had industry news. There were budgeting tips in there and then, of course, a budget-friendly activity. And in this newsletter, I did give you the return day uh, date, which is coming up next week. So start gathering all the items that you need to return to the store because we're all going to return them on the same day. So be prepared for that. You need your items, you need your receipts, you need your QR codes for Amazon, your, your packing slips, whatever you need. Start getting it together so you're prepared for return day next week. Now, the newsletter was sponsored by a company called Sand Dollar Soapery. It is a natural soap company that is eco friendly and has handcrafted luxury soaps that smell absolutely amazing. And the lather that those soaps are giving off, I'm, I'm obsessed. I'm honestly obsessed. Uh, my favorites from this company are Honey and Lavender, the Mango Butter Cream, and the Lemon Luffa. I cannot stress this enough. The lemon loofah bar is just pure genius because you know you like you go take a shower, you bathe in everything and then you separately have your loofah. But with the lemon loofah bar, the loofah is in the soap. So you're just you're using the loofah while it's lathering and soaping you up. I, I love that bar. It's amazing. And I'm genuinely not a person who is into lemon or citrus like that. Um But, yeah, I I definitely like this bar, and I will be getting me another. $10 Soapery is offering a 10% discount with the code BGB perk, like Black Girl Budget Perk, but just the letters. I'm going to link the website in the notes so that you have easy access to it. Uh, The 10% off is good through today, September 10th, so make sure you go to the website, grab your bars of soap, and then let me know which one is your favorite. Now, don't forget to get your Ultimate Budget Blueprint from the Black Girl Budget website and stay on track with your budget throughout the month of September. The Budget Blueprint is reusable and it comes with three months of budgeting, spending trackers, and notes, and it performs all the calculations in your budget as you enter in your information. So go grab you one of those from the website as soon as you finish this podcast episode now there is a little student loan update but there's not a lot that's happening we're just getting more details on a couple of things so I do want to make sure you all are aware of what's going on with student loans so first thing is student loans will be forgiven in a specific order like a priority based order so here's the order of the kind of loans that will be forgiven If you have defaulted loans held by the Department of Education, those are first up. Then defaulted commercial FFEL program loans, then non defaulted direct loans and FFEL loans held by the Department of Education, and then Perkins loans. So if you have a combination of those loans, and when I say Perkins loans, I mean ones that are held by the Department of Education. If you have a combination of those different kinds of loans, You can already tell which specific loans are going to be forgiven, how much of each one, because that's the order that they'll be forgiven in. Now, for my borrowers who have more than one loan in a specific type of loan program, like the ones I just mentioned, forgiveness will be prioritized in this order. Loans with the highest interest rate will go first. So my 8.5% interest rate, girlies, I'm talking to you. Now, if your loans have the same interest, like let's say you have Four loans, and all four of them have the same interest rate, then forgiveness will be applied to unsubsidized loans before subsidized loans. Now, if your loans have the same interest rate and the same subsidy status, then the most recent loan will have forgiveness applied to it. So, of your four loans, if all of them are unsubsidized, um, let's say one was dispersed in... 2019 and one was disbursed in 2004 the 2019 loan is going to be forgiven first and then if your loans have the same interest rate have the same subsidy status and they all have the same disbursement date then forgiveness will be applied to the loan that has the lowest combined principal and interest balance i'll say it again Forgiveness will be applied to the loan that has the lowest combined principal and interest balance. So if you have one loan with a balance of $6,000 and that includes principal and interest, but then you have another loan that's $6,500 that includes principal and interest, the $6,000 loan will be forgiven first. So that's the order if you have loans that are in the same kind of Program. Um, Please keep this information somewhere near you. I'll be dropping more of this information on my social medias um, during the daily content that I provide. But screenshot one of those videos or save one of the videos that I do post next week because you will want this information readily available to you. Uh, Borrowers who have remaining balances and are repaying loans under a standard, extended, or graduated repayment plan. Will have their balances reamortized, meaning the Department of Education is going to recalculate your monthly payment based on your new balance after loan forgiveness is applied. Which means that your payments could potentially be lower than what they used to be. Also, very important. So, I know that we, I know that we probably don't trust the the third party student loan companies. And so this is a really good time for us to understand what loan forgiveness is looking like, what that process is going to be, and then keeping up with that and understanding, okay, how is forgiveness going to not only, you know, shape the balance, but also my payment. This is the information that you need to know. So again, take a little note, screenshot this when I drop it in a video later this week, share with friends and family, make sure that they also are aware of what's going on with student loans. Now today we are discussing predatory practices in home appraisals. And whether you have a home, whether you're interested in purchasing a home, or if you know someone who has a home, this information is going to come in handy, um, especially if you are an ally of people of color and you, you know, really enjoy learning about things that are negatively affecting people of color, but then also calling those things out when you see them. This is great information for you to share um, and for you to tell other people about because this affects us in so many different areas of our life. So a home appraisal, what is it? A home appraisal is supposed to be an objective estimate of a property's fair market value. And it's typically part of the buying, selling, or refinancing process for a house, right? So during the buying process the seller will tell potential buyers that the home appraised for x and the list price is y. So our example will just say a home appraises for $250,000 and the list price is $250,000. Potential buyers are going to say, "Okay, cool. I'll offer the list price, which is the same as the value of the home, or I'll I'll offer a little more just to, you know, get the seller's attention." Now, the appraisal also helps potential buyers decide if they want to buy a home that is valued at $250,000, but the list price is $275,000. I mean, the buyer is immediately losing out on $25,000. So appraisals, you know, can really help people decide what they're going to do in the home buying process. Now, during the selling process, The appraisal is just as important for the same reasons. We're just looking at it from a different perspective, right? So an appraisal will say a home is valued at X and a potential buyer is offering Y. So example, a home is appraised for $250,000, but a potential buyer is offering $200,000. Well, the seller is missing out on $50,000, right? Because they know the value of their home. Appraisals are also important in the refinancing process, and refinancing a home means that you are replacing the current mortgage with a new mortgage that has new favorable terms. People are typically refinancing because they want a lower interest rate. Now, during the refinance process, an appraisal is ordered to confirm the value of the property and to justify the new loan amount. The value of the home could also help get rid of mortgage insurance and lower monthly payments. So appraisals are very important in the buying, selling, and refinancing process. Um, no, no matter what your race is, it's important regardless because it's really determining the value of the home, and the value of the home is then going to lead into other areas. Like, well, well, I'm getting ahead of myself. We'll get into that, but let's let's get into how is there racism and bias and discrimination in the home appraisal process. So last month, there was a big story about racism and discrimination in the home appraisal process, but it wasn't the first story we've heard like this. In fact, the home appraisal industry has faced a firestorm over the last two years with many complaints from Black homeowners who have had to whitewash their own house in order to not have it undervalued. Now, in this story from last month, Nathan Connolly and Shani Mott, they hit headlines because... Their story was so ironic. like It's just the wildest thing that I've read in a long time. So last summer, Dr. Connolly and Dr. Mott had an appraiser come out to their home in Baltimore because they wanted to take advantage of historically low interest rates and refinance their mortgage. Not going to lie, I did the same thing during COVID and it brought my mortgage down by hundreds of dollars. Hundreds of dollars. Of dollars okay, so Dr. Ma and Dr. Connolly wanted to refinance uh, with their mortgage lender Loan Depot, and Loan Depot hired a company called 2020 Valuations as the subcontractor to perform the appraisal on their property. Now, 2020 Valuations is owned by Shane Lanham, and Mr. Lanham conducted the appraisal of the property himself in June of 2021. So, the doctors I hope it's okay if I just called them. That, the doctors, (laughs) they're both doctors. I'm going to just call them the doctors. So the doctors purchased this home in 2017 for $450,000 in in Baltimore, right? Okay. So in the seven years that they've been in the home, they got a new tankless water heater that was $5,000 and they did about $35,000 in other renovations. Now we've all seen HGTV and if you haven't, I'm giving you the side eye right now. But we've all seen HGTV, specifically Love It or List It, right? When Hillary does those renovations, the value of those homes shoot up like crazy. I mean, Hillary be like, yeah, so we have a $30,000 budget. Does all the renovations. Obviously, she never does the attic, the basement, or the master bathroom. Does whatever renovations. And then with that budget of $30,000 that they had, comes back and she's like, your home is now $100,000 more in value. (laughs) Like, We we've all seen the show. But anyway, I digress. I digress. According to the New York Times, which cited Zillow, prices of homes have gone up by forty two percent over the last five years in Baltimore. So between putting in forty thousand dollars of work into the home and statistically prices going up by forty two percent, we would expect this home to be worth a little something something, right? Well, the appraiser, Shane Lanham, Appraise the home at $472,000. I'll say it again because I know you weren't paying attention. They bought the home five years ago. I think I might have said seven earlier, but they bought the home five years ago in 2017. They bought it for $450,000. This guy comes and appraises it for $472,000. That's 22000 more than what they paid for the home When they first bought it, $22,000 more. That's it in five years. Now, because the home was valued so low, the lender, Loan Depot, denied the refinance on the mortgage so the doctors could not actually take advantage of the lower interest rates. I'm going to try to stay focused and on track because the fact that this home was only appraised for $22,000 more, immediate red flag. We haven't even gotten to the red flag section yet, immediate red flag. Needless to say. Immediately, though, immediately, though, Dr. Connolly is like, I know why the appraisal was so low. (laughs) Put me in, coach, put me in. It's because we're black. Now, get this, though. Dr. Connolly, this is the husband, is a professor of history at Johns Hopkins University and is an expert, an expert. On redlining and the legacy of white supremacy in American cities. In fact, a lot of his research focuses on the roles of what? Focuses on the roles of race in the housing market. (laughs) Like, what are the odds that you undervalue an expert's home who focuses on race in the housing market like you could not have written a better storyline like bravo tv has nothing on this story and the story gets better months later the doctors applied to refinance their mortgage with a different lender which i do not blame you different lender swift home loans which was partnered with uh rocket Mortgage. So this time, the doctors remove their family photos, they replace them with photos of white friends and families, they remove all the books from their home by black authors, and they hang up art from Ikea showing white people, and they put an American flag on the mantle, and they have a white male colleague who is also a professor at John Hopkins stand in as the owner of the home. The second appraisal valued the home at $750,000 $750,000 that's $278,000 more than the first appraisal $278,000 so literally the second appraisal valued a whole nother house onto their house like that's how undervalued the first appraisal was that's an insane amount of money so naturally the doctors sued everyone <laughs> Like, literally, the doctor sued the mortgage lender because they wanted to refinance with the mortgage lender, right? Mortgage lender hires the valuation company. They sue the valuation company because valuation company does the actual work. And then they also sue the owner of the valuation company directly, not only because he conducted the valuation himself but also he's the owner of the company so yes sure why not now as a licensed attorney i am fully invested in how this turns out and if i see an update i will let you guys know what happens immediately but here's a quote from dr Connolly that i thought was perfectly said quote we were clearly aware of appraisal discrimination but to be told in so many words that our presence and the life we've built in our home brings the property value down, it's an absolute gut punch." End quote. I wholeheartedly agree with this statement. And honestly, I think gut punch is a nice way of saying it because it's an insult. It's insulting because the doctors... Like, this isn't, this isn't a neighborhood where this guy is like, it's a predominantly black neighborhood. I'm undervaluing this property based off of the other undervalued comps in the area. No, this is a majority white neighborhood. Like, the majority of the neighbors in this area are white. And so, literally, you're looking at this home specifically and what's in it and the people who are there and basing your evaluation off of that. Now, we'll get into why that is problematic later, but it's an insult because why would any of that have an effect on the value of the property, the home? Like, your decor, the pots you have, the kind of couch, the art, like the the pit bull, the German Shepherd, the Dots and Doodle, none of that plays into the actual value of the home itself. Right? So it's just it's problematic that someone comes in and is just there to inspect the home. Like look not even inspect, that's not the right word, but to evaluate the home, assess the home in and of itself, outside of whatever drawings, paintings, pictures, books you have they're just there to look at that. And then they use that against you, right? It is an insult. I mean, it's even it's even mentioned in the complaint filed by the doctors that Mr. Lanham conducted the appraisal. The doctors and their three children were home. The home was filled with family photos, children's drawings of dark skinned figures. A poster from Black Panther and literature by Black authors. Now, the wife, Dr. Mott, she lectures on literature and Africana studies, so, you know, books are everywhere, right? By Black authors. So, it would have been obvious that this home was owned by a Black family or a very progressive white one, okay? (laughs) So, the doctors end up writing a letter to their loan officer at Loan Depot. His name is Christian. And, you know, they challenged this appraisal that they got that, I mean, I'm not an expert. And even if I wasn't a lawyer, even if I had no, you know, experience in construction law or or anything like that, I feel like $22,000 is is lowballing easily, easily. Anyway, so they feel the same. They challenged the appraisal and then their loan officer, Christian, stops responding to their phone calls. Crazy, right? Christian, I hope you have the day you deserve, sir. I do, because that's messed up. (laughs) But, you know, let's talk about some of the effects of racism, bias, and discrimination in the home appraisal process because, you know, I don't want anyone to think, oh, this is something that happens, but that's it. You just get a little appraisal. There are definitely effects. And I know there are people who read this story and probably thought, number one, Not everything is about race, and those are my favorite kind of people. And then number two, maybe this was just an accident, but race has played a long role in housing policies in the U.S. And a study from Freddie Mac, the Federal Home Loan Mortgage Corporation, analyzed 12 million housing appraisals. To find, just to find, that the percentage of undervalued appraisals increased in majority black and Latinx neighborhoods as the percentage of undervalued appraisals in white communities decreased. There are so many instances of this, just like uh, Tanisha Tate Austin and Paul Austin in California, who alleged that an appraiser lowballed them on their home's value by half a million dollars. Half a million dollars. Like, that's, that's just so much so much value, so much money, right? Even the Department of Justice issued a statement of interest in that Austin case, highlighting the fact that appraisers who are bound by the Fair Housing Act of 1968 to not discriminate can be held legally liable if they do. Hence, the doctors suing Mr. Landham directly in with their Baltimore house, right? So, yeah, this is becoming a big deal where the government is even saying, hey, listen— We're going to need y'all to chill it out, okay? (laughs) Like, what's going on? So here, here are some of the ways that this discrimination in home appraising is affecting people. First of all, it's predatory. Predatory practices are fraudulent, deceptive, and unfair tactics that some companies use to keep and get people in loans that they cannot afford or should no longer have to afford. Um, And I I like to say that should no longer have to afford because sometimes it's not even that people can't afford their loan, but it's just like, damn, (laughs) my home is, my home should be valued at X so that I don't have to pay, uh, you know, so much in the interest rates or I don't have to pay so much on mortgage insurance. You shouldn't have to pay high mortgage rates or higher mortgage rates simply because your property is not being valued correctly or not being valued without discrimination at the base, right? So appraisals affect so many aspects of real estate. For example, um, just paying more on debt. As we saw with Dr. Connolly and Dr. Ma, a lower appraisal can result in a mortgage lender denying a refinance application. If the refinance would have resulted in a lower interest rate, then a denial means the homeowners will pay more money over time because their interest rate is not lower, right? It's the same. A lower appraisal can also affect when and if mortgage insurance is dropped based on the value of the home and the equity in relation to the loan. So again, the longer mortgage insurance is attached to the loan, the more money people are dishing out. With It has an almost immediate effect on the wealth gap. A low appraisal can affect Net worth of homeowners. So, for example, with the doctors, that first appraisal lowered their net worth, right? And then the second one dramatically increased it. So, even just between that first and second appraisal, that's a $278,000 increase in their net worth. Obviously, I don't know what their net worth is, but that's a a, a really good positive increase, right? Even with the Austin case, an appraisal that's $500,000 short can have a major effect on a homeowner's net worth. And then not to mention selling homes at a lower value, right? Lower appraisals, lower values, homes are getting sold at those lower prices, which I would argue likely opens the door to gentrification in neighborhoods that are predominantly people of color, right? And then another thing is equity. I feel like I could do this all day, but I'm going to stop after this one. Another thing that it affects is equity. A lower appraisal can affect the amount of equity that's available to homeowners and can affect the amount of equity that homeowners can pull from when necessary, when needed. So there are so many ways that appraisals are used in the real estate game, in the home buying, selling, refinancing process, but then it has so many effects as well, and Having discrimination serve in any capacity in the home appraisal process, it just needs to be done away with. But, I mean, it really does have a negative effect. And we really do have to understand that it's not just one area of life that's being affected. And, you know, different circumstances for different people may have that low appraisal affect them more dramatically than other people. So this isn't just a one-off thing where an appraiser undervalued this one home over here in Baltimore. This has become a systemic issue that affects other areas of people's finances. So, red flag time. Let's talk about some of the red flags and the recommendations. Like, if you experience discrimination during the home appraisal process, if you've experienced it before, if you think you experience it sometime in the future, like... I'm going to give you some recommendations on what to do if you feel that that has happened, if you're suspecting racism, discrimination, and or bias. So here are a couple of red flags. Number one, pay attention to the questions the appraiser is asking. Like, is the appraiser trying to figure out what kind of person you are? I mean, it's this is not an interview. It's not an interview of you as a person or you as your character or your political beliefs, religious beliefs, social beliefs. It is not an interview of you and what you believe or agree with. They are just there to look at the property itself. Another red flag. If the appraiser starts to assess things unrelated to the home's value like photos, art, decor, red flag, major red flag. Because again, none of those items are part of the property, right? Not part of the property. They should just be focused on the property itself. Um, Another thing that I would just kind of keep in mind is the vibe. Now, Ash has been using this phrase for like the past two weeks, the vibe, but it's, it's really true, right? You can feel when someone is a little put off or like has some kind of contempt or disdain for you based off of whatever right is going on but you kind of feel it in your gut like dang this person is not really not really dealing with me today like what's going on so you might notice this if you have certain flags up outside of your home if you have certain types of books on your bookshelf maybe the way you look the way you dress and so you can be cognizant of how they interact with you um when i got my home appraisal I honestly can't even tell y'all what that lady looked like. I know she was a lady, and I know she was shorter than me. But when she came in, I said, ma'am, would you like a bottle of water or a soda? She said, no, I'm going to do the appraisal. I'll be out. I said, great. Do you need anything for me? She said, nope. Actually, I don't even need to talk to you. And then she just, she literally went around. She's like, if I need anything, I will let you know. That was great. I just made sure, like, you know, don't punch a hole in the wall, you know, don't. Don't wipe your shoes on the carpet. Nothing like that. But she was in and she was out. She did her job and that was it. But she did not ask me a single question of, you know, anything of personal interest or relevance. So, I like, if if she didn't like the way my hair was that day, I could not tell. I am none the wiser to this day. And that appraisal was done, what, a year or two ago? So, you really want to pay attention to those things. They can be red flags. Now, if this has happened to you or you experience this in the future... You can contact the Appraisal Complaint National Hotline. I will link their phone number and website in the show notes. You can also contact the Fair Housing Specialist. I'll link their information in the show notes as well. And then you can contact the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau and their information will be linked in the show notes as well. Now, the last thing we're going to talk about is how do we even stop this racism, discrimination, bias from happening in the home appraisal process? And you know, the work to stop discrimination from occurring should never fall on the shoulders of the people that are being discriminated against. So, first and foremost, property appraisers stop discriminating against people of color during this. That's going to be our first step. (laughs) That's probably the easiest route for us to go. And you know, sometimes the question in in this is, well, how do you know if the how how does a person know if they are being biased or if they're being discriminatory? If you know, you know. I mean, like, you know if you're maybe being a bit more harsh on something than you would specifically because this family looks like, sounds like, talks like X, Y, Z, right? I don't know if I have any property appraisals in the Black Girl Budget community. If I do, I'd love to get your perspective on how you go through appraisals and, you know, what are some things that you do to shy away from bias and discrimination and and to check your own internal bias or discrimination that you might have that you might not even be cognizant of right like we've heard the stories where people are like oh my gosh I didn't even realize that I was being biased and it was just subconscious like because you know because of your environment that you were brought up in or what you know stereotypes you've heard of whatever but you really do have to check internal subconscious bias discrimination that you might have but then also if you're the person who's discriminating stop (laughs) like just stop it. I, I honestly would love to know what the benefit is for an individual or a company to to discriminate or to be biased against homeowners that they may never interact with again. Like, how does that benefit you in the long run? Right. I love to know that information. So if y'all know anybody discriminating anonymously, they can pop up on the podcast anonymously. I, I'm not. I just want to know, you know. <laughs> um, the other thing is. You know, according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, over 97% of home appraisers are white. So I'm not suggesting that this will solve the problem overnight or fix it. But if you're a person of color and you're even remotely interested in something uh, related to the home appraisal process, look into becoming an appraiser. I mean, 97% white is a very, very high number. And as a lawyer, the legal field I work with, you know, predominantly older white men. And it it's heartbreaking to be like, mm, I wish there were some people of color in here. Um, not just by default them being people of color, but also because I know people of color who are brilliant. They make great lawyers in certain fields and stuff like that. So I feel like we could definitely have some more people of color being appraisers and to really balance out the field and, you know, again, have appraisers, in communities who look like people in those communities. Um, another suggestion is to, you know, do some research on your own before your appraisal takes place. How much have some of the homes in your neighborhood sold for? Are those homes similar or the same as yours? Um, how are they different, right? And then just write down, you know, take some couple of notes. like. This house at this address sold for X. This one at this address sold for Y. And just make a mental note. So when your appraisal comes in, you're like, "Hmm, okay, not bad. Um, Call out appraisers if you feel like your valuation was low. I mean, you can challenge a home appraisal and request a second one. Just remember that you do have to pay for each appraisal, which is typically a few hundred dollars. Now, in the case of the doctors, I would have paid for 50 of them. (laughs) I I wouldn't have Stop, because the amount of appraisals you would have to get just to equal $278,000 is a lot. But I definitely would not have stopped because just major red flags on that one. Um, and then another thing is let people know about President Biden's Property Appraisal and Valuation Equity Tax Task Force. <laughs> That's a mouthful. Um, also called PAVE, P-A-V-E. Um, This task force aims to evaluate the causes of appraisal bias and then just wholeheartedly remove it from the industry. The task force is actually being led by domestic policy advisor Susan E. Rice and my good soror, Marcia L. Fudge, who is the Secretary of Housing and Urban Development. Now, the main actions of this task force are to make the appraisal industry more accountable. Like, they are definitely trying to get more oversight And just hold people accountable because it's so unnecessary. Um, Also, empowering consumers consumers with information and assistance. Again, the more information and knowledge that we as consumers have, uh, the easier we can help ourselves as well as help others. And then they also want to prevent algorithmic bias in automated home valuations. Now, let me just tell you all. It took me a few seconds to figure out how to pronounce this word, algorithmic, but I got it though. So be proud. Uh, they also want to come, they also want to cultivate an appraiser profession that is well trained and looks like the communities it serves. Again, referencing back to the fact that 97%, more than 97% of appraisers are white. You definitely want that representation there. So again, if you're interested, if this has piqued your interest in the slightest bit, look into becoming a property appraiser. And then last but not least, the task force also wants to leverage federal data and expertise to inform policy, practice, and research on appraisal bias. So please share that the task force exists, share that this has been a longstanding issue, is coming to light, and even the Department of Justice is speaking on it, and people are are calling out these valuation companies. Now, as we continue to move through the season, Share this information with friends and family and don't forget to save a budget. And at this point, save a net worth, save a wealth gap, save some equity, like save all the things, the interest rate, mortgage insurance, all the things. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast channel and the YouTube channel and follow me on Twitter, Instagram and TikTok for more daily content. Thanks for joining the Black Girl Budget Podcast and I'll talk to you next week.